Well, amen. I appreciate both those songs this evening. And I love this time of year. I love Christmas time. And if you came to hear a encouraging Christmas sermon, you may want to come back Sunday. And uh, we're going to be in Daniel chapter number 3 tonight, con- uh, continuing our series on great faith. And uh, I'm going to bring a message tonight just on having great faith in dark days. And I think that's something that's important for us. Um, I've been doing better just trying to stay off the news and trying to stay off. Uh, uh, I post on social media and get off there. It's just an easy way to get a message out to a bunch of people and um, things like that. But yesterday I made the mistake of hopping on a little bit too much. I was not feeling well. I was at home. And, uh, man, things just got me thinking about that we're living in some dark days. Although they're good days to serve the Lord, um, I think they're, they're great days to serve the Lord because our lights can shine the brightest when it's dark. We have the opportunity to be a light in this world. Um, but I think it, we must be aware um, of things that are going on in the world. I think it's foolish for us not to care about the future of our children. I think it's foolish for us not to care about the influences that are on our kids. And if you're in here tonight, whether your kids are in Christian school, whether they're in home school, whether they're in public school, they're, they're hearing and seeing stuff that we never dreamed that, you, that they would see, they would hear. There's things that are uh, accept, becoming acceptable to norm. And you know, if you're here tonight, you know we go verse by verse through Scripture. We're not here to grind an axe, but I think sometimes we do need to, when we're talking about these subjects, we need to be aware of these things. We need to talk about it. What do we do as believers? And um, what is our response to these things? Um, yesterday, and in, in, uh, even at the White House, I don't know if you uh, pay attention at all, um, but there's drag queens on our White House lawn yesterday, and they're celebrated. And the White House is lit up with the rainbow flag. I'm not here to be mean tonight. Um, however, somebody asked me this. They said, Preacher, do you think judgment is coming because of this stuff? And my answer to that is no. I think judgment is already here. I think that's part of the judgment. And I want to look at this text in Daniel chapter number 3 because there was three young men that went through a lot of what we're seeing going through here. There was some pressure to cave to the culture. And we're in trouble when the culture starts influencing the church more than the church is influencing the culture. We've got a problem. And we're seeing that. I mean, even in church circles, things that at one time, and I, I'm not talking about hate, okay? That's what I'm talking about. You know me. We love everyone. Man, we believe God can change anyone. You know that. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that tonight. However, there's still some things where the Word of God says something. We're going to have to stand in these days that we live in. We're going to have to stand up and tell our kids, listen, there's some things that are right and there's some things that are wrong. And in the future, there may be a time where it's going to cost you to stand up for what's right. Um, as a pastor, there's going to come a day in this country where to preach this book, it's going to hurt our tax-exempt status. That's going to happen. That's coming. That's right around the corner. Man, there's going to be some things where we'll be labeled just by preaching the love of God or preaching the truth of God in love to where we're going to be condemned for hate speech, even though it's not hate speech just expressing our opinion. Um, and so what do we do in those times? What is a Christian to do in the world that we live in? I think that's a good question. I mean, do we cave? Man, do we just give in? Do we just start accepting it? Man, do we, you know, there's this fine line between loving people and standing for truth. How do we love someone without being offensive? And I probably err sometimes on the side of being offensive. And, uh, you know, and I, I say this, I would rather... I would rather stand for truth and be a little bit offensive. And I try to speak it in grace. You know that. We're not a church that every week... There's places where you're going to hear some of the stuff you hear tonight every week. We're not that place. But there is a time for it sometimes where we've got to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. And what do we do in these dark days? 
Man, what do we do as our babies are growing up and they're facing these, the, the, the trans movement like we've never seen it before? I mean, that's stuff we never... I mean, our kids right now, if your kids are in school, if your kids are in church, there are kids right now that are... That this child abuse that's public, that's going on, where I was reading an article today that even... Uh, they're even trying to pass legislation and have already in some places where the, the, the counselors and the school system and the people that these kids are talking to don't even have to express to the parents, and the parents have no rights over their kids. And let me just say this. If my kid's in that situation, it's over my freaking dead body. Is everybody, is everybody just so we're on the same page? So what do we do? What do we do in these days? Man, how do we stand in these days? This is real stuff. So what do we do? Let's look at what the Lord... Man, he gives us an example here, and this is hard. But what do we do in these dark days? How do we have faith in dark days? And let me, we, we can't just be passive, especially as men. I just want to say this. It, it's time for us as men and as dads. I, I, I had a post today typed out, and I didn't put it out there because I didn't want to lose any more friends. But church isn't just for women and children. And that's what, many times that's what it's become. And ours is a lot different. We have strong male leadership in this church. But your average church you go to, you look around, it's just a bunch of women and children because the church has been feminized in a lot of ways. It's a feminine environment. People, is everybody tracking me on that? So, listen, I just want to say, us as a church, we're not going down that road. We're a masculine church. We believe. We, we don't play these toxic masculinity graves. We believe that men were made to be men. Women were made to be women. Men are called to be the leaders in the home. Men are called to be leaders in the church. Men are called to be leaders in the world. Doesn't mean that God doesn't use women. Doesn't mean that, listen, I know many godly women sitting here tonight that are praying for their husbands and praying for their young men in their lives, and that's a good thing. But as our church, we want to have men that are strong and that are leaders, and we're going to see some of how we do that in this text tonight. Look at your Bibles. Okay, I, we really are going there now. Chapter number 3, look at verse number 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king, and I want you to think about the audacity here, if you will, as we're reading this, made an image of gold. By the way, guess what this image of gold was a statue of? Anybody know? Himself. All right? So look at this. Whose height, it wasn't just a little statue. Look at this. Whose height was three score cubits, and the breadth thereof, six cubits. This thing was 90 feet by 9 feet. Okay, This wasn't just some little ornamental thing over here in the corner. No, this was a huge thing. that ever, This was an egomaniac saying, look at me. And you're going to see in our text, and I'm not overstating here. Look at me and worship me. That's what he's going to be saying here. Look at verse 1. And he set it up in the plain of Dura on the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the province to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. So not only does he set this, you know, this would have taken a lot of time, this would have taken a lot of work, this would take a lot of resources, this would take a lot of money, and he has a statue of himself, and he calls for all the politicians, if you will, that's what these were, all the leaders, to come in, to dedicate unto himself, okay, this statue of himself. All right, look at verse number three. Then the princes and the governors and the captains and the judges and the treasurers and the counselors and the sheriffs and all the rulers of the provinces were gathered together unto the dedication of the image of Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. 
Then a herald, so picture that, there's a little herald out there. He's going to cry out. And look what he says. To you it is commanded, O people and nations and languages. So it wasn't enough for Nebuchadnezzar just to have this huge statue of himself. It wasn't enough for Nebuchadnezzar just to have everybody dedicate this statue. Now he's got he's to make a command about it. Look at this. Verse 5. That at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, whatever that is, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music. So there's going to be some music that plays. You picture, I picture my mind, sometimes when you read the Bible, it's good to have a good imagination. Okay, So I picture that little herald like a joker, you know, there with that little hat on with the little things. And he's out there yelling, you know, he's probably going to look like an elf ears. And he's yelling out. And this is what he said. When this music plays, look what it says. Ye fall down and ye worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar and the king had set up. He says, listen, when that music plays, man, you, you've got to fall down and you've got to worship. I want you to notice the first thing that was happening here, there was a call that was being forced on the culture. I put it this way. Number one, there was a call of the culture. The call of the culture. Man, he says, listen, when this music plays, you're going to bow. You know, and I'm just, man, I started reading this today, and I got really fired up reading this because I see such a comparison of what we're seeing today. Man, it ain't a little herald out there necessarily saying, hey, when this music plays, you need to bow. But in our culture, trying to get us to bow today, I mean, they're trying to get us to accept all these things into our families, all these things into our churches, all these things in our lives. And there's, they're basically saying this, if you don't accept these things, there's going to be a price to pay. Hey, there's a call of the culture. I want you to notice this. Look at verse number 6. No, or verse number 6. Not only is there a call of the culture, but there's a call of the crowd. Look at this. And whoso falleth not down and worshipeth the same, same hour shall be cast into the midst of the fiery furnace. So if you don't bow, there's going to be a price to pay. I mean, you're going to get, your, your life is at stake if you don't bow. Now, we're not there yet, are we? However, I would say this, if we, if we don't stand and we do bow now, our lives may be, not be at stake, but our kids' lives, and I don't mean by, by death, but their lives as far as their future may be at stake. Man, their lives as far as our grand... Is everybody tracking me on that? There's a lot at stake. And it says, listen, if you don't, if you don't bow, you're going to die. Look at verse 7. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound, here we go again, of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and all kinds of music. Look what happens. All the people, the nations, and the languages, what do they do? They just go along with it. Man, they fall down, look at it, and they worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, had set up. So he starts by, man, there's this call to the culture. Listen, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. And what happens? What do, what do people do? Man, they go along with it. Man, we're seeing that in our culture. Man, we're seeing people follow things that 10 years ago they would have never dreamed they would play on their televisions. They never dreamed they would let into their minds, let into their ears. Listen, we're all, listen, I found myself the other day watching something, and it's something that five or six years ago I wouldn't even have thought of. You know what I mean? I would have turned that off and got up. But it's everywhere. These agendas, listen, every moment when you're on TV, when you're on the Internet, I'm not trying to be mean. I just want us to be warned about this a little bit tonight. It is influencing us, and we, sometimes I don't even realize it. Because it starts just as a little bit. 
And what happens? After a little bit, we start accepting just a little bit of it. And y'all know it's kind of like that boiling frog illustration. Y'all ever heard that? If you, if you turn it all the way up, what's that frog going to do? He's going to jump out of the pan. But when it's, just a, when it's just a little bit, when it's just, and I'm not, when it's just two guys kissing for the first time on TV five years ago, oh, it's not that big a deal. Then after a while, look back, look down the road now where we're at. See what I'm saying? I mean, there's a call of a culture. There's a call of a crowd. And if we're not careful, man, we've had a decision to make. And what are we going to do? Man, I hope we're not going to, I hope we're not going to bow with everybody else. Just because everybody, y'all listen to me tonight, church. And I think y'all know my heart on this. But just because the rest of the world's bowing to it don't mean we're going to. Listen, there's churches in Iredale County right now that people will sit here this next coming Sunday. Kelly would tell you. There's others in here that will be here this Sunday morning. I'll tell you that even pastors and churches are buying into what the culture's saying and what the crowd's saying. It's happening all over the world, all over the country right now. And the call of the crowd, the call of the culture. Man, that, that statue. I, I'm talking about people. There's two men in our church right now that I know have invested, I'm talking about probably hundreds of thousands of dollars over the past 30 years in two different churches. Been there their entire lives. And right now they'll sit in our church this next Sunday morning because churches follow the call of the culture. And call the crowd. Never dreamed it would happen. Oh, that'll never happen. Oh, we'll never go down that road. Oh, we'll never have to see that happen in our lifetime. Can I just say, we must be aware of what's going on all around us. Look what happens. Look at verse number 8. Wherefore, at the time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. And they spake and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Man, they're kissing up to the king here. Look at verse 10. Thou, O king, hast made the decree that every man shall hear the sound of the cornet and the flute and the harp and the sackbut. I wonder how many times they can list all these, these, these instruments. And the psaltery and the dulcimer and all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the golden image. Verse 11. Whoso falleth down and worship, that shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. Verse 12. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon. So let me just... Explain something here. The reason these Jews were even there in the first place is Nebuchadnezzar had taken the Jews captive, basically. And what he did is he went through the, the Jews and he found the best of the best. He went after the young men. He went after the children, if you will. The ones that were talented. Man, the ones that had high IQs. The one that had great potential. And you know what he did? He gave them positions and he trained them and basically took them on as his own. Can I just say this as a side note here? That's what the world wants to do to our children. They want our best. You know that? They want your kids. They want our kids. Man, they want the best of the best. That's what he, did. he took them captive in Babylon and gave, these were men that had high IQs. These were men that were, lead, they had leadership potential. And he tried, really what he tried to do is brainwash them and put them in a spot where they could make forward his, listen, his vision. So look at the province of Babylon. And he lists these men. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. They didn't listen to your decree. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Now understand here, these three, King Nebuchadnezzar already liked these three. He knew that they were some of the best of the best. So when he hears that three of the best of his best, listen, ain't doing what he told them to do. When you have an egomaniac that's built a statue of himself for everybody to worship... How many of y'all probably think that probably ticked him off a little bit? Man, that probably ticked him off. Man, that probably made him mad. Look at verse number 13. We'll see if it did. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage, 
and in his fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that they be brought before the king. So he says, man, go get these jokers. Look at verse 14. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them. So he asked them, is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that what time of year? Here it is again. The sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, and the dulcimer, and all kinds of music. You fall down and worship the image which I have made. Well, if you worship not, you shall be cast on the same hour in the midst of a fiery furnace. And who is that you shall deliver? Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? So what are they going to do? He, they're standing there, and it's almost like he's giving them a second chance. Hey, if we play it again, and everybody bows, maybe you could just bow, because if not, you're going to be in the fiery furnace. So I wonder what's going to happen here. Man, I wonder if they're going to soften their position a little bit. Man, I wonder if they're going to keep, remember our series has been on great faith. I wonder if they're going to keep their faith, because here's the thing. It's real easy to talk about having faith until it's your tail in the fire. Until a decision of faith actually has consequences for us. I wonder what they're going to do. I want you to notice in verses 16 and 17, their faith in the Father. Look at verse 16. Verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. Man, that's some great faith right there, isn't it? I mean, I don't know the last time where I had to have the kind of faith where my life was on the line. Now, it may come. It may come. It may very well come. We may see some of that in our lifetime. But these guys have a decision to make here, and these were young men still, and they have a decision to make here. You know something that I see? is, Man, they had some real faith in their father, didn't they? Man, I wonder, and I just, I mean, just our challenge for us as we go through this tonight, man, I want to have that kind of faith, don't you? Man, I want to have that kind of faith where, man, even when the culture's bowing, even when the crowd's bowing, hey, even when everything around us seems like even what we're doing tonight, you know people think we're crazy for being here tonight? Y'all know that? There's people that think we're nuts on a rainy Wednesday night together with God's people to study the Word of God, to worship together. There's people who think we're crazy for it. Man, it's only going to get worse with that stuff. Man, I wonder, I wonder what our faith is going to be like when real pressure starts. You know, I think about this often. I deal with people all the time, every day. That's what I do, deal with people. And, man, we get so bent so easy in the world we live in. Man, we get sideways so easy, even believers. Man, we get offended so easy. Man, we get our feelings hurt so easy. And I know there's things that really do affect. I get all that stuff. But I wonder what it's going to be like I mean, people will tuck tail and run over anything. I mean, what was going to be like when real pressure starts? I shared a few weeks ago about my friend Stephen Trail, who was in Iraq. He was a missionary to Iraq. Talk about some great faith. I used to tell him he was crazy times that I talked to him for going over there. Gunned down in the middle of the street. I was thinking about I got convicted the last few weeks just thinking about that. Many times he's in another country trying to win people to the Lord. Many times we won't walk across the street to our neighbors tell them. Man, we won't take a stand in our workplace. Man, that's heavy to think about, having real faith, isn't it? Man, that's hard sometimes. These men said, you know what? This is, we know we serve God. If we get thrown in the fire, listen, God's going to deliver us either by death or protection. I believe they probably thought they were really going to die, but I believe they knew where they were going. 
right? They knew that, listen, that if this is God's will, He's going to take care of us one way or another. Man, they had some real faith in their father. Their, their faith wasn't just something they talked about. Their faith just isn't just something they felt during an ooey-gooey song. Their faith isn't just something that, you know, no, their faith was real because true faith, we've talked about this a lot, what does real faith do? It moves us to action. When we're confronted with a decision, real faith will move us towards what God wants and what He has for us. Look at verse 17 again. If it be so, our God whom we serve, I love this, is what? He is able. I mean, they knew that God was able. I want you to notice this in verse number 18. Their stand in the culture and in the crowd. Look at verse number 18. This is bold for these young men. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king. Look at this. I underline this in my Bible. Circle these words. We will not serve thy gods. Man, that's a pretty bold statement. Listen. Nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Can I just tell, you, tell us tonight as a church, my prayer for us is as the culture continues to change, as things continue to change, as things that weren't continue that weren't acceptable become acceptable, man, I hope we'll be the type of Christians that love it. These guys aren't being jerks, okay? I'm not talking about, I don't know that standing on the street corner yelling at people is doing any good for the cause of the gospel. That's not what I'm talking about. But when we're confronted with decisions, listen, and we have to stand, Man, I hope that we'll be the people like this that say, I stand here, this is what God's Word says, we, can't, we can do no other. Man, we can't go in that direction. And we're not mad at you, and we don't hate you, but this is what God, listen, this is the kind of faith that we have. We can't worship that God, we can't go in that direction. You know, it's going to take some backbone over the years to do that. You know, listen, I'm, and I'm not, they're, they're trying to change. They're trying to change everything. They're trying to change it. Listen, and your head, if you think I'm lying tonight or being overdramatic about this, your head's in the sand. I'm talking about you can see multiple reports of drag queens being in libraries doing things for children. Don't tell me there ain't an agenda when the White House yesterday, are y'all hearing me? The, I'm talking about the leader of the free world, the White House, the place. Is everybody, I'm talking, that's the place for our country. And that's what they're celebrating. Could you imagine if we tried to put a cross on the front of it? The outrage, you know? And I don't think we need to be running around, being, but at the same time, I think we've gotten so tolerant sometimes that we don't, stand for, we don't stand for anything, you know? We can't serve those gods, y'all. We can't give in. Doesn't mean we hate. Doesn't mean we're mean. But the gospel is still the answer tonight. Jesus is still the answer tonight. We must make sure that even with our kids especially, as we're communicating to them, that is not acceptable. That is not God's plan. Marriage, all that, it's defined already in the Bible. Doesn't matter what government says. Doesn't matter what culture says. Doesn't mean we're trying to be mean. But we've got to stand. See, what they're wanting us to do is to bow to that God. And I, I just want to say as gracefully as we can tonight, we must stand for truth in the days that we live in because, listen, even our people that love Jesus, man, we're getting soft. There's preachers that are getting soft when it comes to standing for right, okay? Listen, we've got to. We've got to say we're not serving these gods. We're not worshiping. Listen, that, and I'm not just talking about just that, the trans thing. All that stuff that they're pushing across the board has become a god in this country and in our world. The abortion, that's a god. We're going to talk about that Sunday, Luke chapter number one, we're going to see that, that John the Baptist, when, Mary go, or when Elizabeth goes and visits Mary, we're going to see it in our next text Sunday, and I don't want to get too far ahead of it. It says that he leaped as the news of Jesus coming. John the Baptist leaped in his mother's womb. 
See, they want us to start buying in to all these things that they, it becomes a God. All of this starts becoming a God. It's what they worship. Make no mistake, it's a religion. Tolerance has become a religion. And listen, it's the most intolerant religion. Tolerance has become a religion, and it's the most intolerant religion. You know who the most accepting, loving people that I actually know are? It's us. We weren't out there standing outside the White House picketing, but God knows this. If we were there yesterday putting a cross on it, they would have been burning that place down. So we, we got to make sure as gracefully and as lovingly we, as we can, we stand for truth in the day we live in. Man, and I know that's a hard message, and I know this isn't, but, man, I just I, I couldn't get this off my mind and my heart as we're talking about great faith. They, they decided they were going to stand no matter what it cost them. Can I just ask you this tonight when it comes to these things? What would it take you to bow? What, would it take the, what pressure would it take for you to bow? Man, I've honestly asked myself that question before. Like what, man, if, if a gun's really pointed at me, you know, I like to say, you know what, I'm going to die. And I think I would. But when it's really in the heat of the moment, man, hey, when it's you, hey, you go to that fiery furnace, Jack. <laughs> I don't like burning, getting burned. Somebody help me. It's heavy to think about. But what did they say here? We will not bow. We will not worship your God. Now listen, they weren't mean. They weren't crude. And I think we've done ourselves a disservice as Christians by having, and I'm not trying to be mean, by having the Donald Trump attitude about it, being a jerk, instead of speaking the truth with grace, okay, seasoned with salt. That's what the Word of God says we're to do as believers. I think we've done our, 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 ourselves a disservice being jerks about it. But at the same time, we must stand gracefully for truth. They said, hey, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not going to serve those other gods. Our God will deliver us. Look at verse 19. Look what Nebuchadnezzar does. Then Nebuchadnezzar, <laughs> he was, look at it, he was full of fury. And the form of his visage was changed against them. You see, he thought, he thought, guess what he thought would happen? He said, these young Jewish boys, they ain't got no backbone. When they find out that they're going to be in this fire, oh, they're going to go right along with it. They're going to bow like everybody else. Man, this ticked him off. Man, this made him angry. And look, he, his visage was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake, and he commanded, listen, that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was supposed to be heated. Man, so they, guess what he does? Because this is what's going to happen. The heat gets turned up. They didn't bow. They decide to stand. The heat gets Turn up. I want you to notice here in verses 20 through 24 the persecution for their stand. And he commanded them, he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army. It's interesting that it says that, the most mighty men. These are just three young Jewish boys. It's almost like he was scared because he knew the God that they served. He had already seen some stuff. And he goes, he gets the biggest boys to go get these boys. And look what it says to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats and their hosen and their hats and their other garments and were cast in the midst of the burning furnace. Therefore, because of the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So this fire was so hot because Nebuchadnezzar was such an egomaniac. He had it pumped up so hot that those big jokers that went to throw these boys in there was so hot that it even killed them. By the way, 
that reminded me, when you have leaders like this and you have an agenda like this, they don't care who it hurts around them. They don't even care if it hurts those people that are part of their, their crew. You see what I'm saying? There's no, there's no love, there's no grace with that. They didn't care, they don't care about it. Here's the thing, mark my words, people like that, they don't care about anybody but themselves. They didn't care that those men got killed. Look at verse 23. And these men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Man, I t- y'all want to talk about some persecution. How many of y'all would say tonight, that's some persecution? Man, for simply not bowing to the culture and not bowing to the crowd. Look at verse number 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king, well, he was astonished, and he rose up in haste. And he spake, and he said unto the counselors, I love this, I highlight this in my Bible. Did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king, it's true. Look at verse, verse 25. This is awesome scripture. This is awesome. And I believe this. I don't believe this is allegory. I don't believe this is fairy tale. I believe this is literal. This is what happened. Look at verse 25. He answered and said, Lo, <laughs> I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth, I love this, is like the Son of God. Man, they knew that God would be with them. I wrote this down. Man, this is their provision. When we are never alone, y'all listen to me. When we follow God by faith, this is what's awesome. When we follow God by faith, we are never alone. Man, that Old Testament appearance of Jesus Christ, that Christophany, man, he's there. He's with them. I'd have loved to see old Neb's face when he looks in that fire. And those, I wonder if I was, never, if I was one of these Jewish boys sitting there, I'd be sitting in there going like this. You know, maybe doing some other gestures to him, telling him what I think of him, trying to kill me like that. Hey, my God's bigger than you. My God's taking care of me. My God provides for me. My God protects me. This is what this is a story of right here. This is a story of three young men that weren't just about religion, that weren't just about going through the motions, that weren't just about sitting in church and being little Jewish boys that knew the Torah. No, these are about three young men that believe what God said in His Word. And when you truly believe something, you'll move forward by faith, no matter what it costs you, no matter what the culture says, no matter what the crowd says, no matter what anybody else says. Listen, we move forward by faith. Look at verse 26. This fires me up just reading this passage. Man, in the Bible, awesome book. I love it. Verse 26. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace. Man, he had to see what's going on. And he spake and said, I'd have loved to heard his voice here. I wonder if he was as arrogant as he was back in verse number 16 and 17, you know. He said, look at it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? And then look, look, his tune changes about who the real God is. Look, Look at this. Ye servants, look how he refers to God now. Ye servants of who? The most high God. By the way, when we move forward by faith and when it doesn't make sense to the rest of the world, that's when they find out that what we have is real. You've heard me say this a lot. The greatest testimony that you and I have isn't necessarily the words that we say. It's when we go through the fire and we respond differently than everybody else does because of the hope that we have. Most high God. Louis says, come forth and come hither. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire. Smelt like they'd been fighting fire for forest fires. Stunk like smoke. Burnt. You know, can you imagine being in the midst of that? Awesome. Look at this, verse 27. And the princes, here they are, all the politicians show back up. And the princes and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no uh, power, neither was a hair on their head, singed 
So, man, they didn't even burn the hair off their arms or their head. Coats changed, nor the smell of the fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted him and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, so his tune changes, I make a decree that every people and nation and language would speak anything amiss against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut into pieces. Man, this guy, he liked hurting people, didn't he? I mean, he goes from burning them. Now, all this, oh, now, don't worry about my statue. We're going to cut you to pieces if you, you know. I don't know that that's the best thing as Christians to do either, okay? Cut you into pieces. Look at it. Verse 29. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, language which speak anything amiss against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made. And man, this is some this is some language he's using here. A dunghill, and I'll, if you want to if you want to know what that is, see Steve afterwards; he'll explain it. Because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. And, man, what an awesome story. Here's the point. When we serve God by faith, he always takes care of us, and it always affects other people around us. You understand what I'm saying? People, when they see us actually have faith, when people see us go through the fire, when people see, and here's what separates Christians from the rest of the world. Y'all listen to me. What separates us from the rest of the world isn't just how we carry ourselves, isn't just how we talk, isn't just how we dress. What separates us from the rest of the world is who our hope is in. That means this, when people see our families go through cancer and they see our hope still be in the Lord, when we go through that fiery furnace, but God's going to take care of us. When they see us go through heartache and they see us go through pain, when they see us go through trials, but our hope's in the world. When they see us go through persecution, when they see us stand when nobody else is standing, when we stand for truth and we don't compromise when everybody else is compromising, when we stick to preaching the book when many on the far right and the far left ain't preaching the book, Man, that, that's where they see it. Is everybody tracking me on that? They see our faith, listen, not by just what we say, but by what we do when the storm and when the fire comes and when the culture comes and when the crowd comes. And I just want to encourage you with this. Man, if you're following Jesus, if you're saved by the grace of God, man, stand when it's time to stand. Stand for truth. Stand for right. Follow God by faith. He will protect. He will provide. Listen, His way tonight, I'm just telling you, is always the best way. I'm sure there were some bystanders there. I probably would have said, man, these guys are idiots. All they got to do is bow. All they got to do is bow. And, man, and it's okay. Who cares if they don't even worship? Just bow. Just follow that rule. Just follow that commandment. But here's the thing. I believe if they would have bowed, they wouldn't have been able to sleep at night. Because they had true character. Kind of like I had a lady one time. I, I, I like my yard looking the right way. Nobody ever sees my yard. I'm back off the road. Uh, Roxanne lives right around the corner and she wouldn't see it. She'd drive past my house every day, never going to see my grass. But I like my grass during the springtime to have lines in it. I like it to look good. I'd be calling Chad and hollering at him if there's weeds in it. Somebody help me tonight. And I had a lady one time, and I'll spend some money because I want my yard. It's just something I like. She said, Well, why do you do that? Nobody sees it. And you know what my thought was? I do. These boys would have bowed. Oh, they would have, yeah, they would have, they would have been all right. They would have been, but you know what? They would have had to live with that. With our generation that's coming upon us. And listen, I just, I may, listen, I may get drugged in the street someday, but I'm just telling you where I'm at with this stuff. Hey, you fall back to church. If you're looking for a place, I'm just telling you. Now, we're not going to fight over little stupid stuff. We're not fighting over the color of the carpet. 
Listen, we're not fighting over things that don't matter. We're not fighting over gray areas. But when this book is clear and it says to stand and we worship no other God, it'll be over my dead body. Y'all listen to me tonight. That where we compromise on those type of things. Where God's word says it, we believe it. That's where we stand. Now, there's a lot of things we can debate. There's a lot of things we can discuss. You know, there's a lot of things we don't have to agree on. Y'all know that tonight? But there's some things that where God says it, and even if the culture says it, listen, this is where we got to stand. This is what we got to do. Man, that real faith. I want to have the type of faith Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It's not based on Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Guess what it was based on? It was based on God. And that's the answer for each one of us tonight. Let's pray, and then Matt's going to give us some announcements tonight. Father, we love you.